What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to our first episode of Dusty Dimes. Today's host is going to be TJ Plogger and Mike Warfield. What's going on, TJ? Mikey, what's good, my man? What's going on, my man? So for our first episode of Dusty Dimes, let's try to just talk about junior hockey a bit and just kind of like the lifestyle and the roadies and just kind of the good stories we've had, not just with our junior team, but just kind of in hockey and life. Oh, we got we got plenty to go around here with this fucking gong show, huh? Especially with our Rebels boys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know. So, it. I, I definitely got to bring up would have to be our training camp. Uh, training camp, I'll tell you what, from our expectations to reality, it was definitely a reality shock to us. Uh, I'll tell you what, the type of kids that we had our first day was just a nightmare. Well, it's, it, I, I let me interact with you here. Let me interrupt you. Is I the expectations? Yes, I I, I agree with you. But you got to what we were brought in with the head coach that was brought in. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So, can you kind of emphasize or emphasize, I should say, on you know that whole coaching ordeal? What happened? Yeah, we were uh, we were supposed to have two teams, which uh, was supposed to be an EHL team, EHL Premier. Over the summer, um, I was doing my job recruiting players, you know, uh, trying to get myself a team. And then towards late the summer, we'll fast forward. Late summer, I got a call and said we're going to have one team, which there was going to be myself and the other head coach that we'll, uh, we'll name later getting into this, uh, this podcast later. But, um, yeah, like we – it was just a shit show from the beginning, man. The guy came in, had no fucking clue what he was talking about. None. So, so go ahead. My, my, my one question is when you first met him, what was like your first, what was your first, uh, how, how should I say this? What was your first kind of like thought of him? What would you say was like, Oh, this guy might be good or, I'll tell you right now, our first meeting, you know, he came in with a laptop, briefcase, everything. He looked very professional. And then when he started talking, it, it just kind of like shit was kind of falling out of his mouth. Dude, absolutely. Every time he talked, there was shit coming up out of his mouth. I mean, you know, the guy says he had a laptop. It was broken. It got fixed. He had all kinds of contacts on it. He was bringing in 35 players, which, dude, you and I both know in, in the junior world, it's it's – you got to do your homework. You got to do it. And this guy literally knew nothing about hockey. For fuck's sakes, man. You and I both know you were on the ice with us that he brought a goddamn laser pointer out for practice. God. I, so for most people, especially some young guys that are, you know, stepping in the junior hockey world. Listen, I've been playing hockey for almost 20 years. I've never had a coach ever bring out a laser pointer to, you know, explain any drill, any situation. Um, but, yeah, first day of training camp, he was dead serious. He brought out an industrial laser pointer and went to the corner with, our, with you know, our training camp players. And he wouldn't even bring a whiteboard out. He would go through drills probably, I would say, what, in the locker room, maybe six drills within a matter of 30 seconds. Players looked at each other like, what the fuck is going on with this <laughs> Yeah, that guy. It, it's, it's just that, you know, when players are looking at me going, what the fuck's going on? You knew it was going to be a shit show. Just oh, yeah. a total shit show. Done so. 
But the worst part is, I mean, when we got thrown into that situation, or I would say, like, kind of you got thrown into that situation more than I did, um, it, it's kind of, like, frustrating, but also, you know, relieving at the same time because you get rid of him, you get put in spot, but at the same time you get hand a shit pile that you got to kind of fix. I mean, yeah, don't don't get me wrong. Like, I loved every minute of it. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't take it back at all. You know what I mean? It's, you know, got a good group of kids. I met you. You and I became really good friends. You know what I mean? With Joe. It's just, it, it, shit happens for a reason. And I think, you know, him getting let go happened for a reason. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's just, I like I said, I, I, I don't regret anything taking over and moving forward with the guys, even though we shit the bed and couldn't win a fucking game. Actually, uh, can we clarify that we did win a game? Yes, 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 we did. Yes, we did. But let me just say that the game that or the team that we did beat was a independent team from Washington State, who looked maybe sixteen to seventeen years old, and we were in a junior A. You know? And then we found out- and the and the team was where was it again? Oregon, Oregon or Washington? Washington State. Holy fuck! All the way across the country. Go figure. Right? We can win a game against a team all the way across the country, but can't beat a team in our goddamn league. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. It was kind of like make-a-wish night, and <laughs> they really gave us that game, and I, I felt great. And then afterwards, I forget who we played next, and we just got absolutely pumped. I want to say it was Vermont. Oh, that's right, because they had that Domi kid. Yeah, yeah, that, that Domi kid. I mean, it's when, when Vermont came in, they brought the uh, – the fucking Vaseline with them, if you should say. Yeah, because we got pumped from yeah. behind. You know what? I'll tell you what, though. The type of players and the type of teams that were actually in the EHL, uh, not the EHLP, don't get me wrong, the EHLP is a very good league, but EHL, they've had a handful of teams like the Little Flyers, the Rev, uh, Vermont Lumberjacks. Surprisingly, Applecore is not too shabby this year. So, like, <laughs> there's a lot of good competition, a lot of depth in that league. But you're also looking at, you know, teams in the N.A. that, you know, well, I should say kids are trying to play in the N.A. And then if they don't make an N.A. roster, they're going to drop down in the league. But for kids to drop down and play in the EHL, there's a lot of time in that league to kind of throw a Rebels team that was just kind of thrown together with the type of players that we had. I give them a lot of respect uh, just to kind of hang in there for as long as they did. And, you know, for what I'm and the type of record that we had, you really can't give them a hard time for it. No, not at all. Like I said, man, the, the the guys that we had showed up, played, did what we asked, you know, and it, it we lost almost we lost every game except for that one. But, you know, it you get guys that you get a season like that and guys that just want to up and leave because it's a shit show. But these guys, you know, they 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 grew a bond with one another, man. You you and I see it. And it's just, I was very blessed to have a great, great group of kids to have to have that bond and not give up and go through the bullshit that we went through to this so, day. So speaking of certain, or speaking of players, I should say, let's try to bring up a couple of the guys on the team that you would say had kind of like the biggest impact, or I would say without the most, and kind of describe them a bit to some of the, some of our like listeners right now. Uh, because I would love to explain what, you know, I would love to see what, you know, Doozy's like, uh, Tuck, uh, you know, 
I'd have to explain Renega. Oh God, you want to you want to start out on Renega? Do you want to start with this kid or what? So, listen. By all means, I'm never the one to really try to bash people. I was always the guy that uh, I'd always be the guy that helped someone out. So he used to come up to me after every day of I think we have two days. Yeah, two. And he would literally tell me, "Hey, Mike." All right, no big. So I used to touch the skates up every single day. But the worst part is, is that he had a half pound of clear tape around, you know, <laughs> and he still couldn't skate properly. I remember when we were doing a hitting drill, his head down, his head was down so bad that, you know, he was basically looking at his asshole. He got lined up by Ross. The kid basically almost did a backflip. And that was the last I heard of him. So. Those oh, no, no, no. Remember, he, he left us to go uh, play for the Renegades, which right. he was never rostered with. Yep. Good old Cliff put him on the practice squad. You know it. You know what? And But that's the thing. There, There's teams in, in junior hockey that are just downright not good. Don't get me wrong. Our team wasn't good by all means. And I completely – I get that. So – it, there's teams in this league that literally aren't good that just are willing to take money and just let you sit, and that's an absolute shit show. And I'm sorry. There's parents that need to realize that you don't need to spend, you know, five or almost 11 grand to go put your kid three hours away on a team that's not going to play. So, especially as a you know a new kid or just trying to play, you know, your first year of junior hockey, why not throw him on a you know not as good team, but he's gonna get more playing time, more experience. And then next season, send him to a better, you know, team when he gets his skills better. So, for him to come in and try to make Junior A his first year, again, I give him the credit, but it's a long. I mean, yeah, it, it it's just it, it was. I, I respect the kid for coming out. I really do. But you know, it's it's junior hockey, man. It's not midget hockey anymore. You know what I mean? And it, just to touch on that subject too is, you know, you get these. You get these kids expecting, you know, everything to be handed to them. You know what I mean? And that that goes with the subject of, you know, soft kids in 2019. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, you know, everything should be handed to these kids. It's a, It should be handed on a golden platter. Like, you and I growing up, we had to work our balls off to get, you know, what we wanted. Now it's oh. like, oh, you get a uniform, you get socks, you get gloves, you're expected to play. Which... Yeah. I think my my opinion is is you got to bust your ass and earn something. I mean that's what I do to my both of my boys, is I I try to teach them responsibility and they got to work for what they want. You know what I mean? And it's that goes with junior hockey as well. Any anything in life, you know what I mean? If you want to be a successful singer, what are you going to do? You're going to sit around and hope it gets handed to you? No, you got to work your dick off. Exactly. No, you're absolutely right though, and and that's the thing. It's just I noticed with. A lot. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm part of this millennial generation, unfortunately. Don't know how, but hey, go fuck myself, basically. Dude, for real, like it's it's ridiculous. Like I just can't. I lose my fucking mind and lose my mind with this shit. Like, oh yeah. If I ever did that, my dad would whip my ass. Which, oh. you know, it was legal back then. Now you look at a kid, you got child protective services looking at you. Oh yeah, yeah. That's all right though. Hey, fuck it. Fuck it. You know what I mean? But uh, it's kind of it's one of those things like with the soft with the whole thing about being soft in 2019 and 
it's not even just being 2019, just the whole 2000 all the way up. Like I just noticed, I can see that, you know, the whole generation just kind of turn and turn out. Like I look at 14 year old girls now and they look 18. And it's like, listen, this is just not right. Yeah. Like, like my daughter, man, you, you see my daughter, I, you seen her. She looks like she's like 17, 18. Yeah. That's a thing I, I wish I unseen, but Hey, you yeah. know, <laughs> you live and you learn. So I'll tell you what, some of these guys that were that we worked with all season though, uh, I would have to bring up the doozy stories. So Oh God, Tristan. Oh my god, this kid, kid is a fucking riot. Just this, a fucking gong show he is. Oh yeah, but he's the biggest beauty I've ever met. Absolutely. Absolutely. What a beauty. So this type of kid, he was where where did we pick him up from, to be honest? I actually I, I traded for him from Maryland. I sent uh Carson Kratzer. Which was like sending a goddamn pylon for a fucking Wayne Gretzky. That's what I got. That's so true, though. I, I hate to say it, but yeah, you're right. Anyway, so Tristan Dzinski, aka Doozy, he is one of the nicest kids that you could ever talk to on and off the ice. Wait, but, what? What? Yeah. He <laughs> lo- Wait, what? That's what. <laughs> thing. That's his thing. Let him go. All right. Yep. With Doozy, he wears his heart on his sleeve. He's a very good defenseman. He's very smart. And his biggest issue, though, in my opinion, is his mind. He gets so hard on himself over a simple play. If you try to critique him during a game, he gets very hard on himself. And he's like, oh, I don't want to. Yeah, I fucking know, coach. And it's like, are, you talk- are you talking about that one play against Maryland when we were up 2 nothing? Yep. Oh, he's- yeah. Where'd that fucking guy come from, Tristan? Yep. Oh, yeah. we, we lost that game, by the way. We almost won in the third period and Adam. fucking lost. But it's okay, Tris. It's all right. Yeah. Hey, listen, you live and you learn. But uh, it was a fucking character because I'll never forget the time you're ripping into one of our six goaltenders on our roster at the time. Max. Uh, Max. That, uh, so, Max, or what was his last name? Max. Max Samolovolovolovich. It was some crazy Russian, whatever name, but. He spoke Russian, but I don't even think he was, he was the Russian. only fucking Russian kid I know that was born in goddamn New Jersey. I mean, New Jersey is another fucking country as it is, but yeah, fuck. <laughs> anyway. uh, it's basically, oh man, don't even get me started with Jersey. I'm from Pennsylvania, man. I live on the border of Jersey and I just, God damn it. anyway, hey, the only thing that came out of Jersey was my wife and my kids. That's it. It's a good thing. And my in-laws. Hey, that's, that is a good thing, but I'll tell you what, fucking devils are out of there. And wait, 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 fucking bagel. Bagels from Jersey. Something in the water. You and food, man. I swear. Hey, man. Don't talk to me about I'm on my diet, man. Yeah. I'm right. on my fucking keto guido diet. God. Oh, man. No pastries for me anymore, guy. Hey, we'll, we'll see about that. We'll, we'll, we'll see. I'll tempt you one day. <laughs> so, listen. Getting back to the whole doozy and stuff. So, I remember the one time you are ripping into Max in the locker room after practice because you kept ripping. We, all right. So, we did shootouts the last like 10 minutes just to fuck around and uh i you kept coming down and just ripping clap bombs and just going it max couldn't save him he just got sick and tired of it and got out of the net so it was just i hate it was hysterical to be honest because like all of us are pissing ourselves in the back which is watching this go down and you know you're ripping into max we get back in the locker room you're ripping into max and all of a sudden i look over to tristan and he has a fucking skate hook like he either 
off his like stall or something happened but he's talking into it like a microphone or like a cell phone and he's just like yeah mom i don't know what time i'm gonna be home for dinner tonight no i don't know dad or coach is really pissed at and i'm just i'm trying to listen to you ripping into this kid and then you got fucking over there just making me piss myself and then you look at me and i can't keep it together and you just like you literally look at us and you're like yo you guys gotta stop like i can't keep it together trying to like rip into this and I'll tell you what, Doozy was hands down the highlight of my season. When we got that kid, he all he was the respectful kid because he'd always come up to me and be like, "Hey, can I get this? Okay, thank. Hey, is this too much ass?" And I always be like, "Dude, stop! Like, you're fine. Just tell me what you need." Yeah, man, I, I love Tristan, man. That was he was a good kid. Dude, the kid's a beauty, man, and he's still like, he's he's still like that. I mean, obviously, he's with the you know Philadelphia Revolution now. And he's just the kids. The kids are beauty. He's a solid defenseman. I mean, the kid's got a lot, a lot of potential, a lot. But he's just got to put everything together. It's like he's it's all scattered. You know what I mean? And his biggest flaw is, and I'll tell you, and no, it's not his girlfriend. It's it's his mind. His mind. His mind's his mind's moving faster than what it's supposed to be. Like he should. Like it's just. He gets confused when he gets a puck. That's his only flaw that he has, man. Yeah. But at the same time, it's not something that you can't change. You know, it's that kind of breaks it down where, like, even when you have, you know, your 19 AAA players moving up to junior A, you have junior A players. Well, junior A, you're trying to move up leagues then. So junior A, if you're going to EHL, you want to go NA. If you want to go NA, you're trying to go, you know what I mean? Like, North American is probably, like, one of the best leagues to be in. So if you're trying to go playing the O, if you're trying to play college hockey, the biggest change is speed, but just playing simpler hockey. And I think that was the biggest issue with not just, you know, young kids coming into juniors this, this time around, but like yeah. I was with our entire season. Um, we had a lot of guys that didn't necessarily panic, but they tried to force a lot of things that weren't there. And always you know if you're playing against a good team they're going to turn over and they're going to take you know those chances of scoring 99 times that's what happens absolutely absolutely agree man so uh i, I want to get on to something real quick so i'll never forget the time right we go we're down in carolina this is after the game okay yep this night out this is with the staff just be huge okay is this where I almost fucking ate shit and broke my ankle? Yep. Okay. All right. Yeah. And I wasn't. I wasn't drinking. Was not drinking. We were sober. Just nope. to clarify, whoever's listening, I, I wish that you know you were drinking so they had an excuse because this was just even better on my like for my for me. You know what I mean? So I remember we literally get out of the Uber and that absolute plaster girl comes up and she's like Eagles. They need to come up with a new chant. How would she do it? I forget. She's, she said to me, because I was wearing my Eagle shirt, or my Eagle sweat, my Eagle's hoodie. Yeah. And she comes up, and she's like, hey, man. Hey, go Eagles. Yeah, yeah, we need to come up with a new chant. And I'm like, what? She goes, yeah, like Jets, J-E-T. And I go, shut the fuck up, right? Yeah, and she like looks at me all weird, and then in the background, Joe goes, "Yeah, we should change it to champs, champs, champs," and it was just like, "What the fuck are we doing here? Like, what the fuck?" 
But that was that 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 was the start of an awkward night. I could tell you that. Oh man, that was the same night, or that not even thirty seconds later. You go across the street and you hit a fucking four by four. Don't know how I missed it. I mean, it's I it's, thing was fucking huge, man. I'm, I'm surprised I didn't snap my fucking ankle in half. The worst part is you weren't even intoxicated. You didn't even None. None. Out. Not was not drinking at all. So when we get when we get into the bar, this motherfucker loves coconut rum, man. Like it's so bad that it makes me gag sometimes because he'll double fist all night with coconut rum, and it, it's just no. So he gets his coconut rum and he's like, "Ooh, like my ankle's really killing me." And I'm just I don't want those things because like he's making the ah. Ooh, like those type of noises, like oh, like trying yeah, to roll. Dude. <laughs> you know, and then you have this one fucking absolutely ent- like annihilated guy. He does like the Superman jump from. Like- the guy almost got jacked the fuck up. <laughs> oh, it's like he was fucking WWE Roman Reigns coming at me, bro. <laughs> he tried to give you the people's dude, elbow. I know like, it was like almost like a Superman punch, and I'm like, I remember that because like. I looked at him and he was literally like his nose was in my goddamn ear. Oh my! And I look at you guys. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And the guy looks and goes, "What's up, man? Can I get a drink?" I'm like, "Go fuck yourself and get away from me." I'll never forget the security guard that's coming over. If you guys ever saw the show growing up, Saved by the Bell, this guy looks like a walk off a Slater. Yes, his hair. Yes. It just the black pants, and I just looked at this guy like, bro, this isn't like the eighties, man, or even the early. He 90s. had that He's fucking like, Zach Morris jacket on, bro. Yes, yes. And I remember he came up to us and he was like, "Hey guys, you know, like, I really appreciate you not doing anything right there." And you just looked at him straight in the eye. He's like, "Boy, that guy almost got jacked the fuck up." And I remember just fucking like looking at him like. Yeah, shit almost went down, man. Like, that would have been a good night. I mean, I don't know how we would explain this to our boys if we got arrested, but, like, hey, guys, like, no coaches yeah. tomorrow. I mean, just luck. just to clarify for everybody listening, like, we went out to eat. That's what we did. So everybody fucking knows that we went out to eat. We got some fucking nachos. We got some chicken nachos that night. A couple of, you know, adult beverages along with some soda, just so everybody fucking clarifies. Yeah. So – but yes, I listen, do. But I do love coconut rum. I do. Yeah, listen, Calico Jack and Calico off, Jack, little Kenny Chesney, fucking blue old shit, old blue chair bay. That's a little plug right there. Go out and get it. Stop. <laughs> Stop. Can we can we uh, bring up the whole time when you uh, got charged? You know, a shit ton of money at that one bar for no oh, reason. Yes. 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 Yes, yes. We go, we were in Boston, we went out, Mikey and I went to, what was it, the, we went to the Bruins-Flyers game, right? Yes. Yes, yep. and we went across the street after the game to get some food, had some, uh, had some drinks, had some food, fast forward to like two days later, we're home. I go to swipe my card. My card's declined. I'm like, what the fuck's going on? Look, this goddamn bar charged my card almost $2,500. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh my yeah. god. It was it was fucking brutal, man. I'm like, what the fuck am I gonna do? I'm like, I'm at the store trying to buy my kids some WWE wrestlers, and they're like, nope, your car's declined. I'm like, what the fuck? So I call the place up. Oh, we didn't do anything, sir. I'm like, you did. It's on my goddamn online app right now. I see it. Fast forward, I look it up. I, I was Googling shit, and it not, I'm not the only person it happened to, Mike. Notorious. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing, man. It, so if you're in fucking I, Boston, I, don't go to the goddamn heart. Listen, I almost pulled the trigger that night. That was a... <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that because I was down taking a piss, right? And I hear, PJ, I'm like, yes, God. (laughs) I didn't know you were in the bathroom with me. It was really quiet. You literally go, yes, God. And I was like, gave you that look like, I I don't know. It might come up. But my thing is, like, I, I do a whole real quick, like, if I'm pulling the trigger, boys, like, it's coming up quick, and I'm going for round four or five. So my whole thing is, I, you know, I'll go to urinal, you know, let it come up, piss it all down, flush it away, bada bing, bada boom, it's a new man. Let's go get some drinks. But, you know, last uh, that kind of like, <laughs> I almost crawled out of that place because I don't know what they were serving us, but I was getting these mixed drinks that I, I was just like, oh, yeah, this is good. And I, I looked back at it, and I was like, what the fuck did I drink? But hey, you live and you learn. I'll probably do it again sometime. What'd you, oh, what'd you say, man? I remember. You remember when? Uh, oh, what was that one time we went to when we were in Boston? Oh my God, who we played? We played the Junior Rangers. I'll tell you what. For such a good team, their facility I felt like was worse than ours. Oh, it was absolutely, absolutely the fucking worst, man. That we had to get fucking dressed back in a goddamn rape shed of a locker room. Yep. Yeah, I remember yep. that. Yep. On the ice. Yep, uh, I remember that one, too. That was a good time. And then on top of that, I remember when we used to try to pick up, like, random guys, like, you know, from Boston and stuff like that. The two guys that we picked up were absolute dog shit. I wouldn't even say dog shit. Like, they, they had some skill, right? But they were just fucking goons, man. Like, this kid was probably like 6'4", maybe mm, 220, right? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, yeah, I would say 220-ish. But this kid would literally run around and just absolutely make the dumbest comedy. Try to fight people. And, like, they would just laugh at him because we were getting punked by, like, eight goals. It's like, dude, I don't understand why kids in this day and age do that because they look stupid. Like, back then, it's like, you don't even, like, ask. You just drop. And if no one goes with you, then they look like the bitch. But, like, if you're going to run your mouth, you look even dumber anyway. And that was kind of, like, the biggest thing with me, man. It's like, they fuck that kid used to kill me whenever he used to take the dumbest penalties. No, I, it's – it was just – I don't I, – I get where they're coming from trying to make a statement, but, like, don't be a dick about it, man. Just don't be a dick. If you want to invite it back to play, like, the guy, obviously the guy wasn't on our team. We asked him to fill in. You know, the first game he played was all right. Then he was just a fucking asshole. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of – and then uh, I remember, man, like, at least I'll tell you what, his girl. Woo! <laughs> Lord. 
I'm glad I was sitting on the bench the entire game. I got something good to look at instead of watching our game. I'll tell you what. I was like, oh, thank you, brother. Listen, and I'm sorry. If you can get mad at me for saying that all you want, that's a compliment. Like, your girlfriend's gorgeous. I'm jealous. I'll give you $500 for that. Just saying. But, hey, anyway. So, I'll tell you what. When we were up in Boston, you remember uh, when we went on the main strip? And uh, we got to see a you got to see a Red Sox game for a little bit. Didn't have to pay. The Red Sox. Oh, dude. That, that. That was by far probably, I'd say, top five moments of my life. You know what I mean? <laughs> of, dude, I looked at you. I'm like, dude, let's go. We're going to the Fenway. And you're like, no, we're not. I'm like, yeah, 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 we are. We're, we're definitely going in the Fenway. And we're walking down the street. I go, Mike, just follow me. You're like, okay. I was like, follow my lead. And... To the audience that knows, it's like impossible. It's 2019. It's impossible to sneak in anywhere. Correct? Correct, yeah. So we're walking. I got my phone up to my ear. I go, Mike, just follow my lead. I put my phone up to my ear, act like I was looking for somebody. I'm like, oh, there he is right there. And what happened? Mikey and I sneak in the Fenway. Probably the coolest fucking stadium I've ever seen in my life. It was definitely kind of one of those surreal moments because, you know, you're literally in, like, the green monster. You know what I mean? Like, this is Fenway Park. This is something that, you know, it's historic in my opinion. And just kind of be there for the – just kind of, like, see – well, the Red Sox are getting absolutely annihilated by the fucking Mets. Fuck the Mets. The one, fucking you know. Mets. Fuck the Mets. Anywho, uh, so it's it was kind of one of those surreal things, just kind of being there, just you know, even though we were only there for an inning or two. But walking out of there – I remember going right to that one corner pub. It was like some country pub, man. And no bullshit, you look at me and you just go, it's going to be one of those kind of nights. And you just throw back. (laughs) You're not wrong. And I was like, oh, God. All right. Well, I started chugging. And, of course, I got to fucking chug Sam Adams. Like, who wants to chug that shit? Gross. This guy. I don't know how you drink Sam Adams. I don't. I don't. Yingling, man. Yingling's my heart. But hey, listen. Yingling's not sponsored or anything, but shout out Yingling. Um, so anyway, uh, my biggest thing was when we were up in Boston, too, it was kind of like you never knew what you were going to get, especially with like the you get to the game. Like, all right, well, who are we playing today? Well, we played Walpole Express, right? Walpole Express was a team that you could definitely like beat. Well, our team didn't think so, and they got pumped. So that was every game, my man. Every game, we 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 went in with good intentions. Yeah, like every game, and then we had a fucking Doctor Phil breakdown. Oh every god, period. every fucking game was Doctor Phil breakdowns, or in between periods. And uh, actually, let's 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 talk about this for a second. So these Doctor Phil moments, right? Yep. I want us talking about like Euro style players. Holy fuck. So we get a couple euros throughout training camp, throughout season. Um, And, you know, we had a kid from Sweden who thought he was an absolute superstar. He's like, hey, you know what? I have the, you know, I had the option to go try out for Team Sweden. And we're like, listen, all right, whatever. Or I'm sorry, the Super League, correct? Super League. U19 Super League. Sorry. So, basically, he wanted to go play in the Super League, and we're, we 
TJ and I both looked at each other, and same Joe was there, I think, as well. Or either way, we told Joe. And we all got the same response, like, there's no fucking way this kid's making the Super League. But in his mind, he, he was set in stone. He's going there. He's going to make it. So he goes, he leaves, and no bullshit, not even a month later, we found out he gets cut, and he wants to come back. Not happening, because he was nothing but cancer. Some Euro players, they have very high expectations, and if they don't see a team that is equally as skilled, they get very pissed off. Euro players out there, but you guys, you guys can be douches sometimes, and I'm sorry, but hey, we can be assholes too. We're Americans. But uh, hey, but let's go back to this. This is uh, Dario. This I'll, I'll say his name. I don't know, whatever. Dario was brought in by. Do you remember who? Steve Isu. Oh, that's right. And then where do you end up with? Steve Isu. Yeah, how's that going for you? <laughs> I think he had one point out of. What? Yeah, he had like one point in fourteen games. That's right. Yep. Solid. Solid. Hey, you know what? Hey, that's kind of better than some of our guys had on our team. So, I think we had some guys with zero points in like thirty games. So that's pretty good. Not bad. Yeah. Wait. So. <laughs> you remember the time when we were playing? Who was it? Um, Tucker. Tucker was like, Go to the ref, "Are you fist fucking me?" Oh my god! And uh, I the <laughs> it was like a it was like a chain effect. He he got a penalty for something that he I I I don't remember if he did hit the guy or if he hit the guy and they called a high penalty. And he's skating to the box and he literally makes eye contact with me and says, you got to be fist fucking me to where I lose my shit. I look at you, you're losing your shit. And I'm like, just get in the box, please. The kid, the kid is by far one of the funniest kids I've ever met in my life. I think even the ref laughed at that because like the ref came up to, or the linesman came up to me and was like, did he, what did you just say? And I repeated it to him and he was like, that's hysterical. And listen, if you can get any ref to laugh at a joke, that that's literally brownie points in my opinion. Because a ref never really like responds, especially in the league that we played in. I would say the officials were pretty tough, but at the same time, it's kind of like you show respect to them. Those are you respect, and that goes a long way with anything. But uh, yeah, no, Tuck was definitely he always came up with like the funny talk to kids. Like we'd be getting pumped like probably nine nothing, and he's still running his fucking cocksucker off the bench. It's like, what are you doing, kid? Like, and these kids are just laughing at him. He's like, yeah, later we'll see who's laughing later. And I'm just like, oh my god, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if you're about to say that. Hey, kudos to you. Yeah. Um. Um. Uh, you gotta tell me. So, who do you think was probably like, I would say our best, and I would say our most progressed player. Our best, I would say it's tough. Like I said, you know, from from the beginning of camp, everybody looked like shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then, you know, through camp, through the games, you know, we started out, like, obviously we lost 14 nothing, 12 nothing, 10 nothing. Then, then we were knocking it down to, like, yeah, 7, 6 nothing, you know, 7, 3, 8, 2. So I'd have to say, I mean, as a whole, I, I, I think they all progressed very well. But, yep. you know, I'd have to say Tucker 
Tucker and Ross would have to say they progressed really well. You know, Ross came in overweight. You know what I mean? And I spoke to him very, very nicely. I said, listen, man, if you want to be at this level, you got to shed a couple pounds, you know, like any, he, he respected that obviously, you know, because he's my favorite. Right. <laughs> yeah, <exactly>. So, <laughs> um, he, he lost pounds. He was shedding it. And then he just, he went into this, this shell where he just didn't give a fuck and started hitting, started playing was matching up with one another very well with other players. And I was like, Holy fuck, man. And, and, and I, to go back, you know, Ross and I, I coached Ross when he was 16, you know, 16, 17 or 16, sorry. So him and I have a pass and I, I could speak to him like he's a little brother to me. So like telling him that he needed to lose, you know, a couple pounds was like, okay, yeah, I, I got that coach. And he, he he started putting points up. He started, you know, isolating guys to the outside because we all know he wasn't that fast. Yeah. So he in that in that area, he, he progressed very well from where he started. And to go with um Tucker, Tucker came in, I I'd have to say, smoking two packs of cigarettes a day, you know, because that's what they do in North Dakota, is you know, they hang out with their cousins and smoke cigarettes yeah, uh, southern canada yeah so <laughs> so he came out the kid was not in shape not in shape at all and you know we had a setback with him he had to go back home to take care of some stuff and you know i i was on the phone with him all the time saying hey man you coming back we really need you he came back kid was came back came back in shape and just he was i don't want to call him a puppet but he did everything I asked him to do. No, oh, yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? You were you were with me and it, the kid just the kid goes balls to the fucking wall every fucking shift, no matter what. You know, he, he was playing with a with a I, I think a bruised or a cracked sternum at the time. Yep. Was that right? Yep. I remember yeah, so I mean the kid just he, he just didn't give a shit. He just wanted to play hockey, man. And, that, and that's the thing, man. Like he had the mentality of junior hockey and uh he, you know, don't get me wrong. He definitely got a letter for it. He got an A. Um, oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah, that's. I mean, his and that. You know, to clarify it, you know, our our captain was AZ. I love AZ to death. You know, the kid's great, beauty. You know, and and that's. I gave AZ the captain at the time because uh, Tucker wasn't there, so AZ was the second one. Just to, you know call people out in the locker room, say, you know, Hey, let's step it up. But in, I, if, if I had to go back, yeah, I, I named Tucker captain for sure. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you to be honest. I would have gave AZ and a, and you know, I love the kid and everything, but when it came to on ice performance, I mean, he was dancing, bro. He was dancing with the stars with AZ and he knows that. AZ was very, not to himself, but he was a Euro player and a lot of Euro players, they, like I said, they, they either try to do it themselves or they have a line mate that can do it with them. And don't get me wrong. AZ was type player. He didn't really have the type of teammates to really keep up with his style of hockey, which I understand. Yeah. A lot of us understand that from, especially like, you know, looking at junior perspective um, and he had the right mentality. And now that he's playing at the revolution, I think that, you know, I watched him play a couple of times and he looks good. He looks comfortable. Oh yeah. He, 
he's doing really well. He's doing really well with, you know, Roger and the Philadelphia revolution. You know, it's, he, uh, to go back, you know, back to Lehigh is he was getting looks at Concordia and, um, they, they wanted him and I kept telling him that that was his goal. He wanted to go to college here in, in the States. And I told him, I said, listen, man, he, uh, if you, if you want that, I will help you out. You know what I mean? And, and that's what I did. I helped him and you know, he called me up. He actually sent me a Snapchat and says, Hey coach, we need to talk. It's an emergency. I'm like, fuck. I'm like, did you get some chick knocked up? Would you go in jail? Like, fuck. Right. So I called him and he, he called me or we, we spoke to each other on the phone and uh, he was like, Hey man, I got this email from Concordia. They want me. And you know, I'm like that dude, that's fucking great. That's awesome. And you know, the kid's like so happy. He's like almost crying because he's so happy. I mean, the kid showed emotion. I'm not calling him a, a bitch. It's just he was happy because that's what he wanted, man. Yeah. Yeah, no. I mean, you're not a bitch for being happy. Oh, fuck no, man. I'm fucking 37 years old, and I still fucking cry. Yeah. Anybody's got a problem with it, you know where to find me. <laughs> so I'll tell you what. The whole mentality behind the Rebels of, you know, the guys that we did have that were our core group of guys, um, and also our goaltending situation was a, a problem for us as well. We had six goaltenders at one point on roster. Uh, yeah, thanks a lot, Steve Izu. So the whole thing behind that is a lot of coaches would be like, oh, well, that's a dumb idea. And I, I agree. That's stupid. Why would you ever have six goalies? But same time in our league, you're able to trade for players. But the issue with that is not a lot of teams want goaltenders, especially if they already have a number one guy that is helping. Yeah, early in the season, man, it's it's hard. It is. It's very hard. And, I'll, I mean, I think with Steve, he didn't necessarily understand that situation. He Listen, he wasn't a good coach. He, he flat out. Hands down. He was he was probably the worst coach I've ever fucking came across. He, he wasn't that good. And uh, to have six goaltenders on roster and then they kind of – he literally, like – during training camp, I remember him going like pulling them aside, and he's like, "Listen, there's only gonna be what three or four that we're gonna three make. or four. We're gonna go four. We're gonna go three, three goalies and a young kid to develop for the next year." Yeah, exactly. And if you think about that, you're paying ten five for a season, right? And if you're that young kid that's supposedly developing, quote unquote, that's a waste of your time. You're there just for practice, right? Pay a quarter of that. And go play a triple A team somewhere, which I think he ended up doing, or knows what he ended up doing. So he ended up leaving. Our three goaltenders were absolutely phenomenal, all three of them. Um, God, who was, oh my God, I'm spacing out on the Boston kid. Kyle Penton, kid, was a fucking gem. That's the only good thing that Steve did. Uh, Chico, hands down, was phenomenal. He saved us in a lot of games, even though. Yep. But you got to think about it when Chico was really old and goaltender, he was facing 80 to almost 100 shots a game average. Yeah. And he was only letting like eight, nine in. So I'm sorry. If, I know he's playing at Wilkesbury now, but if no one picks that kid up, you know, down for stupid. The kid. Oh, ridiculous. The, kid, the kid's got, you know, D2 potential to play some college hockey. He really does, man. I would love to and play with his brother in Alvernia. I know his brother's doing some good things at uh, Alvernia University right now. I think that's uh, Division Two NCAA. Um, not, yep. But uh, yeah, no, that's good hockey over there. And no, Alvernia, uh, I think Alvernia is their club D two D two club now. Okay. Even still, you know what I mean? Like, good for them. And 
anyway, Chico did well. And we also had a kid named AJ Coella, and AJ was another potential. Now, all three of our goalies had one thing in common. They had to develop. And they had different things to develop. Um, and they kind of realized, like, all right, well, we know who the number guys. Our third goalie was like, fuck that, left. Yep. Go play for the Junior Flyers. And we literally, bro, they don't want you. Like, I hate to say it. Well, he still went. And lo and behold, didn't get any playing time. And, you know, kind of went well there. No, I, I, I wish – I really wish that AJ and Kevin stayed. Oh, man. Troy, I, I love that kid, man. He was a good kid. He, he was such a good player. and But at the same time, I understand where they're coming from, too, being frustrated with, like, a losing team and, like, want to play on a winning team. They come from – nothing but winning. And I get that they basically want whatnot. And what do you expect for the organization? You're not going to have the, you know, best season – I'll never forget Chris Solution really told us. Um, I think we were up in Boston for a showcase. And he's like, Listen, you guys feel it. like I remember my first season, he lost like forty something games and then what, two or three seasons later won the championship. Yeah. I wish, you know, kids would understand that and like kind of look at it at that perspective instead of being very selfish and kind of like, Oh, well, I need to go get looked at by a better team, but I'm only gonna get half the ice time. So I understand where they're coming from, where they want to play with a better team. But at the same time, if you have the opportunity to get more ice time, get the same type of looks, you know, at the same showcases that that team's going to, why not stick around for a little bit? Yeah, we might not have a winning season, but like you're the star of the team. Yeah. Talk to. So, I don't know. That's my whole opinion, perspective, whatever the fuck you want to call it, but. Uh, we we definitely could have had a pretty solid team with the core group we got. Um, skill. I I I think I think if we had more time to recruit, get players, you know what I mean. It, I I think we would have been fine. And you know, I I think you know even a month into the season, I was still getting messages from O three players. Now, with this whole you know, Junior Rebels League and or like, you know, season unfolding. Is there even a chance for like even a USPHL team or would there even be like talks of it or is it just I mean I'm really I'm I'm really hoping so. I, I, I would hope that we could do that and be optimistic about it. I it's it's really out of my hands. Yeah. So it's it's it would be up to the owners. That that's that's the only thing I could say. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. But um, let's change it up a little bit. So let's kind of go over towards like this now, NHL kind of talk. Um, my biggest thing is – so I'm a Flyers guy. I know you're a Flyers guy. Huge, huge. Fuck what everyone else, who they like. Uh, listen, Philly fans, we're assholes. We get it. Go fuck yourself. I don't really care. So my biggest question, do you think Camp Albert is going to come to Philly? Uh, I know uh, it's it's really tough because it's it <laughs> it's almost like we're talking about the rebels here, man. You're bringing another fucking goalie in for what reason? Yeah, you know. But I I get it that him and him and Carter have uh, a background and they want somebody to mentor Hart. And uh, do I think it's a good move? Yeah. 
do I think they should do it now? I mean, eh, I'm 50-50, but if you if you're in the talks here with, you know, Johnny Quick coming over, I I, I I'm kind of like torn in between. I I would take both goalies. I I really would. I take them not not together. I take one or the other. So another thing I gotta ask is. What do you think, like, Stoli and Hart's mentality would be like if that trade does go through? Do you think it would maybe push them? Or I think, and, you know, we, we've talked about this before off, off the air here, is I would want somebody to come in to mentor them, bo- both of them. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of both of them. I really am. You know what I mean? I, I think that. Finally, in my 37 years, going on 38 years of life, that the Flyers actually got their shit together with a goalie besides, you know, Hextall. Yeah. And I think that, you know, mentoring both of them would be great. The only thing that sucks is, you know, Stoli's injury prone. That's that's the only thing. But the guy, the guy could play. I mean, you, you know him personally. And yeah. I think that if – they brought another goalie in and sent him down back to Lehigh. It would it would fucking kill the guy's chances in his in his goddamn, you know, mentality. Yeah, man, and that's the biggest thing is like you also got to think like like you said, Stoli's Stoli's been in the farm system what three four years, constantly getting called up and down. Yeah, uh, you know, you had Rob Zepp at one point with AHO, and then Stoli was behind him. And then you had Steve Mason with the Flyers for a while. And then every so often, Zephyr would go up and then still would get a lot, a little bit of, you know, glimmer of light in the A. And in my opinion, you know, working with the Phantoms for a couple of years and watching him just kind of like grow on and off the ice, it's cool because he's a young kid. I think we were around the stage when I was working with them. And, you know, he was always that type of mentality where, he didn't really let things like, you know, getting brought back down affect him. But I feel like now, since he did get a lot of, you know, NHL time, he's got a lot of like, you know, it's him and Carter up there right now. And I think they're young talent. They're comfortable with that. You know, think about Carter. He's what, 9-0, and 8-0? I'm sorry, 9-0? and I think he's 8. He's 8-0. Oh, no, no he, he lost against Pittsburgh. So he's 8-1. Right. So – as a first-year NHL goaltender, you're eight and one, right? No, no, his right. Let me, let me, let me clarify. He's, I think he's eight and one at home in his last nine. I, I, I would have to check, check his record, but I, I believe you know he's in the last nine games. He's, he's definitely eight and one at home because he got fucking abused, abused by Pittsburgh. Yeah, but at the same time, you also have a lot of death by Pitt. You also have Matt Murray and Nett down there as well, another young goaltender that has what two Stanley Cup rings. Yeah. Oh, guy's a gem. And and that's the thing. You, you got Chris Letang. You got Sid Crosby. You got fucking the baseball swing, Evgeny Malkin. You know, let me say something else. Malkin, you're a bitch for that. I'm just saying you are a pussy for doing that. Oh, it's, it's scumbag. And to clarify, Carter Hart's eleven six and one. Thank you. So eleven six and one. For a young goaltender in the NHL, you really can't be upset with that. And to bring a mentor, that that'd be a good thing. But at the same time, I think Stoli would just be absolutely crushed because you know you're gonna be down in the A another full season when you're used to an NHL lifestyle. You're used to flying everywhere instead of getting bust everywhere. Um, and even from you know the equipment standpoint, like when you get a towel. 
for instance, in the AHL, right? You're able to pretty much reuse it, okay? For the NHL, they don't reuse anything. They basically just – they don't throw it out, right? They just go right to the washing machine and whatnot. But, like, so it's kind of like you get a little bit more than the AHL, obviously. And to come back down to that and that mentality, this I would think it, his mentality will dwindle a little bit if he did get bring, brought back down full time. And that it's a shame because he, de- like you said, he has, he definitely has it to be where he's at now. And if he didn't, the Flyers wouldn't want him. Yeah. But um, yeah. So I don't know. You know the whole Cam Talbot thing. You know if it happens, it happens. You up to our, our GMs and. You know, another thing that I want to bring up is the whole Gordon coaching. How do you think – I mean, personally, I think Gordon's turned the team around. Oh, absolutely. At first, I was I was suspect at, at, at first, man. I really was. Yeah, me too. Super skeptical. But at the same time, I mean, we didn't really have much to do it with. And think about it. You don't really want to pay a coach more than you really have to if you already have a guy that's qualified down the A. So give him a shot. And look what happened. He literally got his first shot, and he ran with it. Yep. So, um, I would have to say probably one of the last things I want to bring up is definitely your buddy. Um, the little off. Oh, fucking hot sauce. Hot sauce, is hot sauce this weekend. Yep. So, uh, if you want to tell everyone what's going on with that, uh, that would be awesome because I'm not a UFC guy. Yeah, my buddy Scott Holtzman, we, uh, we played hockey together in uh, – Guy, guy's just a fucking beauty. He's, he's a savage, you know. It, and he, uh, he's fighting Nick Lentz. Nick Lentz is uh, Sunday night on ESPN. And uh, Nick, Nick, this guy he's fighting is uh, 29, 9, and 2, and he's a wrestler. And he's got a wrestling background. So, And Scott's, you know, a brown belt in jiu-jitsu. He's 12 and 2 right now. Four knockouts, two submissions, six decision. And uh, I, I think that, you know, he, Scott's coming off a big – big knockout win from his last fight. So I, I, I got a good feeling about, you know, Sunday night, him being uh, victorious again in UFC. That's awesome. I, you know what? I definitely got to sit down and watch it, you know, maybe bet a little bit here and there. You know? Yeah, you might. You talk to Chico. Chico might give you some pointers. All right. Yeah. You know what? I got to hit Chico up though. But uh, yeah, man, I hope, he, you know, he wins, comes out with the dub. Fuck that lens guy. Make him 29, 10, and 2. Um, definitely don't want to see a 30 in front of there. But uh, No, definitely not. I, I spoke to Scott, uh, I think, last week or the week before because I don't I don't talk to him or message him before fight week. But I message him. You know, I, he sent me a hat. You know, go check it out at Hot Sauce Holtzy on Instagram. You can buy his merch, too. Another plug. Um Sent me a hat, you know, I, I wear it, you know, here and there, but, you know, eventually, you know, Lanny, Lanny likes to take stuff because, you know, he's a big, big MMA and you are a WWE fan. So, um, Lanny, Lanny took his hat and he likes to rep at the week of, but going back, I, I messaged him, you know, thanking him for the hat and everything and told him to whip this guy's ass. And he's just, he's beyond pumped. He's like, hell yeah, let's fucking go. That's awesome. Here, man. And, that, and that's the thing. It's like you got to have some balls to do that for a job. Just to take punches in the face, take kicks to the gut. Like, I, I give you credit, man. Like, I, I watch a lot of our fights in the NHL, and it's like, you know, to have that mentality just to know, like, all right, I'm about to go fight something. I don't know how you can sleep the night prior, you know? I mean, I'd be I'd be a little, a little freaking out a little bit. Yeah. 
So, um, I want to say I actually have nothing else to say. Uh, nah, we uh, we we got pretty much uh, we got we got a lot of stuff to cover for next episode that we didn't talk about today. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing. Uh, for our first episode, ladies and gentlemen, we really appreciate you know you guys tuning in and just giving us a listen. Um, you know, we hope you enjoyed some of our hockey talk and just kind of reliving a little bit of the lifestyle. There's plenty more to come in episode two. You guys follow. Um, but, you know, we'll catch you guys on the next bag skate, and we hope you guys stay dusty. Stay dusty, boys. You know, if you guys can follow us on Instagram, Dusty Dimes, uh, give us a look, and we'll keep you guys posted. But, again, we thank you for listening to us, and stay tuned, folks. See you, Mike. See you, buddy.